Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast. This is season five, so we're playing Final Fantasy V Advance, and this is episode 15, Barrier Tower. And before I get into the plot, I, you know, I've been thinking I really do need to add a structure to, to this podcast, like have some specific sections, maybe my, you know, weird theories about what's going to happen. I should start tracking those. You know, more things to to learn from and learn about for the next episode, because I'm I'm already editing episode two for release. And uh, I had some I had some predictions and I would have loved to have addressed them, but I already forgot them, even though I just edited the episode. So hopefully I'll be coming back to those in the future. But yeah, let's talk about episode 15. So in the last episode, we went to Drakenvale or Valley of Dragons, as it was originally called, which I still think the original name makes way more sense. Um, and then we were asked to go to Guido's cave or Gil's cave, which Gil, again, I like that name more than Guido for, like, I, I'm not, not that I like it more. I'm sorry. I, I take that back. I just don't understand some of these like renaming decisions and, and why they were done. You know, does Gil's cave not sound as cool as Guido's cave? You know, whatever. Anyway, so it was time for us to go see the 700 year old sage that might have an answer as to as far as to like how we should destroy x death because that's what we need to do so now that we have now that we have we have the drake uh, we get to fly around and there's a lot to explore and this is this is the place where my anxiety always kicks in this is the oh my god there's way too much stuff to see but luckily again because we have like these smaller worlds it's easier to find the places you need to go so first i went to the surgate castle uh, the surrogate castle didn't seem to be accessible. It, you know, you talk to the guards, they kind of say like, hey, state your name and business. You try to talk to the door, you know, the door doesn't open, so you can't get into the castle. So you do have this like artificial gating and the gating does help steer you in the right way, which I'm very, you know, I'm very glad about. And it's kind of interesting to see how that gating has evolved since then. You know, again, thinking back to FFX and, you know, Final Fantasy 13, where you are, you know, you have the, the, what do you, the guardrails or whatever you call it. You basically, you, you're kept it going down a single path just so that you can avoid this looking around and anxiety. But, you know, it's not, it's not as big of a deal to me, uh, especially since, um, I went to the Sergei Castle knowing full well where the, the, where, where the island with Guido's cave is <laughs> already. So there wasn't like much of a, hey, surprise, but, you never know. You never know, especially since in a lot of these games, they'll tell you to go go to one place, then you find out you have to go to another place. So it's uh, you know whatever, but not not in the case of this of this chapter. So I went to the island. Time to go see the the sage. Uh, I landed. Um, that looks like there's a hollow mountain instead of a cave, um, which I guess it was kind of like a mountain with a cave entrance, but it just it looked very strange, like an old volcano. Um, you kind of walk up onto the, the cave and you, you are like in this, like, I want to say like the, the foothills of a mountain or, or basically just a short mountain. And there's an earthquake. The island starts breaking apart. We run to the wind drake and the entire island goes underwater, including Guido's cave. That's great. Uh, we cut to X death and we find out that X death apparently has the power to make something like this happen. And he did make that happen. And it was kind of like a, you know, this is what you get for messing with me. And we cut back to the Windrake making its way out of the water with everybody um, on its back. Well, we only see Bart's, but, you know, the party uh, is on the Windrake's back. And 
it was a really cool little cutscene. I was I was a little bit blown away. I'm like, oh my god, it's uh, Bart's and the Wind Drake flying straight at me. That's uh, it was it was kind of nice. And at this point, it, that's when it's time to go to Surgate Castle. Um, I go up to Surgate Castle. It turns out I just didn't press A against the door knocker, which I didn't really see. It looked like just a wall. Uh, or or whatever. So I press the a-, a on it. They immediately recognize Galif, and they're like, "Hey, um, you know, King Zizat, which was one of the other Dawn warriors, uh, is on his way to Exodus Castle." Uh, and that's when I realized that all of the Dawn Warriors became kings, right? We got the Emo King, uh, the Werewolf King, right? So that's one. We have Galef, who became a king of his kingdom, whatever it's called, because I can't remember. Is it Val's Castle? Is that what it was? We have King Zizat. Zizat was the... I don't remember what his role was in the party. And then we have Dorgan. Is it Dorgan? I think it's Dorgan. Dorgan being uh, Bartz's dad. Uh, and Bartz's dad did not become a king, which is kind of interesting, and makes you wonder if he was royalty and just, like, never took up the mantle of the throne. And that makes me wonder if there's a kingdom in in this second world that we're going to come across where they're like, hey, oh, you knew Dorkin. Oh, Dorkin was the prince. I wonder if that's going to happen. So that's, that's like a little prediction. Um, it's, it's just kind of interesting. So yeah, um, so Zizad is actually on his way to Exdeath's castle to attack Exdeath. Uh, the chief guard of the castle lets us raid the castle for stuff, which is kind of nice. And the NPC tell, tells us that we can land on Zizad's ship with a Windrake. Uh, so again, in, in these games, it is very beneficial to talk to all of the NPCs. I would say more so than in the earlier games, in the NES games, because you find a lot of really good information. Finding out that you can land on Zizat's ship is... Like, it's very useful. It's not like you... Like, I'm fast forward, like, we do land on a, on the ship, but, like, there's no indication you can land, and there... I, I don't know if I would have tried it myself to be like, yeah, I'm gonna try to land on the ship. So it was it was really nice that we had this, like, little helper. So we ended up... We end up landing on Zizat's ship, which... This is kind of interesting. So I'm gonna mention a couple of these, uh, these naming issues. Um, in the original game, it was called Ziza's Fleet... In, and, and the guide says that in the GBA remake, it's called Zesta's feet, Fleet. Z, I don't know who Zesta is, or Zista, it's, 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 it's with an X. So when I say uh, Zizat, it's actually X-E-Z-A-T. Uh, I'm reading it as I would the name Xena, like Xena the Warrior Princess, one of my favorite TV shows. You all should definitely watch it. Uh, so yeah, so we land on, Z, on Zizat's ship. Um, Galef introduces us. We find out that Zizat is a swordsman. So I thought Zizad might be like a magician, but nope, he's a swordsman. We go rest, and when we wake up, there are monsters everywhere. So we got attacked, X-Death attacked before we could attack him. Zizad was like really confident before we went to bed as well. Like, yeah, we're just going to destroy X-Death, but yeah, that's not what happened. So X-Death attacks us, and it's time to fight. So first, I believe, I, I missed that in my notes, but there were basically enemies walking around on the ship, and you have to walk up to them and purposely fight fight them. Uh, Zizad ends up being on a different ship, uh, trying to fight off the monsters. And eventually we end up fighting Gilgamesh for like the third time. And this is kind of funny because how many encounters are we going to have with Gilgamesh? Uh, and why is Gilgamesh such a comic relief character? <laughs> uh, this time his sidekick joins him at some point. So you like, I think wear down one third of his health or something like that. And his sidekick joins him. Uh, his name is Enkindu or Enkido in the original name, 
in the original game. Again, I don't understand why we went from Enkido, which sounds... I don't know. It makes me think of like the word Aikido or, or some of these like other words from... I don't know. It just makes me think of those words. I don't know. But Enkindu, it, it sounds... I don't know. You know what? It, 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 it works. If it works, it works. I don't really have any good, uh, you know, strategy behind this. Now, Enkindu becomes a really annoying sidekick because Enkindu can heal for a quite a bit of HP. So you kind of have to like aim your attacks at Enkindu so that Enkindu never... Uh, he, he, so that he never heals Gilgamesh. And when you beat Enkindu, Gilgamesh doesn't notice. And so when you beat Gilgamesh, he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to leave this to you, Enkindu. My job here is done. And he's like, no, <laughs> like what? Enkindu is gone. It's a really funny moment. Um, and it's really funny that Gilgamesh is basically like, oh, yeah, I have beaten you, beaten you enough today. Now I'm just going to go disappear when you actually beat Gilgamesh. Um, unless this is one of those plot twists where we fight Gilgamesh at the end of the game and we're like, oh, wow, this is a really powerful character that just took it easy on us. Uh, totally possible. So after that, uh, after Gilgamesh tries to run run away, we see Gilgamesh try, fall, um, almost falling into the water and he tries to f- drag us into the ocean. But he falls in the ocean alone, and he's very angry, and he's a very comedic character, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving this character. So he's just really mad, like, what do you mean you didn't fall in? Like, what, what's going on with that? Uh, Zizad wants to help us from the other ship, but uh, we're about to fall into the ocean, which is when the wind drake saves us. He shows up, puts us on a boat, and that's when we, that's when we progress the story. So Zizad is in the ship. We go into the, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you call that? What do you call the, the area on, like, that's not the top of the ship? I, I know the name in Czech, in my, in my native language, and I can't remember what it is in English, but that's where we go. There are like three flo- floors under the, under deck, under deck, and Zizad is in one of the sa- section. He asks us to grab a box pull it together with Zizat and open a hole where we jump in. And it looks kind of like an elevator, but then that's when I realize it's actually a submarine. So Zizat has a submarine. They made a tunnel to the tower from the ocean, and that was the real plan all along. So while this fleet was like waiting and threatening to attack, they were building out a hole that goes into one of the barrier towers. So why are the barrier towers important? Let me tell you. So I was trying to fly directly to X-Death's castle because I thought that Zizad would already be at the castle, but all the towers that I saw when I first landed in World 2, like in the second world, around X-Death's castle, basically turned down and created a a huge barrier that you can't cross with wind drake or by walking or whatever else which is why we had to do the tunnel thing the idea is that we can collapse one tower and then create an opening for us to go through and be able to attack um x death's castle directly so zizad goes downstairs to blow uh, we, we, i'm kind of skipping around so we go into the cave uh we get out in the cave and we're in the barrier, t- barrier tower. Zizan goes downstairs to blow one generator. And we go up top where we're going to be basically trying to blow the antenna. So the idea is that not only do we like turn off the electricity and the power to the barrier tower, but we, I guess, sever its connection with the rest of the, um, yeah, with the rest of the towers and make it more difficult to fix. We make it all the way up. When we're, we, well, we find out that once it blows, the barrier disappears, which is exciting. And he gives us Whisperweed. Now, Whisperweed showed up in Final Fantasy IV. Edward gave it to us and was able to play his harp through the Whisperweed 
to the enemy. And so it, it actually functions like a walkie-talkie in this case. The tower is kind of fun to explore because it kind of weaves in and out from being like indoors and outdoors. Uh, there are several sections where you kind of have this like see-through, I don't know, circle around your um, your main character as it as he uh, explores the, the tower. And so you kind of see like the, the front of the architecture, but you kind of cut through it. So it's not like... There is no layering, so to speak, right? Like you don't have um, the the tower, the towers outside layering over your character, and I think that's that kind of makes sense because of the te- the way the tower is made is like on each level there's this big circle with columns all all around, so you would not see your character as as he's trying to like find his way up the stairs. But it's it's uh, it's really beautiful architecture, and I was really I don't know, it's just like really hit the spot as far as like fantasy architecture this huge tower with these old columns and it's all stone and looks really nice so we talk via via whisperweed to zizat he made it to the generator then he's accosted by an enemy which he kills like immediately so he's like supposed to be really awesome and then we we so we fight an interesting enemy going up and i saw this enemy only once and i took a screenshot because of like how awesome he, he looked um there is the ziggurat gigas Ziggurat Gigas is a Gigas being like a, I guess like a giant, but it's like this floating genie looking character who just looks really awesome and powerful. The only thing was that I never I I, I fought him once and he was not very powerful and whatever. Anyway, eventually we make it to the antenna. We get attacked by Atomos, which is the boss for the barrier tower, Atomos, is like a creature with a black hole within. Um, and it serves as a really interesting mechanic. Kind of like the, I want to see the opposite of the wall mechanic in a way, um, where the wall kind of starts moving toward you. The At- Atomos, when he kills one of your characters, their bodies are slowly dragged toward him. It's a, I, and I don't know if he like, if he drags, I don't know if he has to drag all four characters inside to win, but like, I don't know what happens. So Atomos is really powerful. He one hit KOs my characters. Then they start moving toward the, the boss on the ground as corpses and it's basically sucking them in. And it was really, the f- fight was kind of bad because I, I ended up using all of my Phoenix downs, almost didn't make it through. And I basically had like two characters focused on reviving everybody else. But then, you know, the tower is destroyed. Um, the tower starts to break, uh, breaks down. Zizad can't get out. He tells us that we need to get out. And of course, there's an altercation between Galef and Bartz. Uh, Galef wants to go down to save him, but Bartz is like, no, you can't do it. Um, Zizad dies at the bottom of the tower. We find out that he dies. Bartz knocks out Galef and basically makes him jump from the tower. And in a very action movie like sequence, they fall on top of a wind drake that takes them toward the sub and that's when we decide to head to Guido's cave uh, because now it's underwater um, that's going to be in next episode but basically what's what's happening now is that we have a submarine and we can move around underwater and we actually get a brand new map uh, I've also noticed that I haven't gotten any random encounters uh, using the sub so this is very different from I, uh, I think it was in Final Fantasy 3 where we get one of the ships that can go uh, one of the airships that can go underwater um, but when you go underwater you still fight underwater monsters this was not the case with the submarine it's a really interesting idea the sub the sub well is it a really interesting idea i guess it's an interesting idea 
<laughs> not not to harp on it. The the submarine also has a room to rest, so we get a little bit more of that like movable base kind of a trope where we can go anywhere we want with the submarine. We can dock and then use the submarine as a as a healing point, but not a safe point. That is an interesting um, thing to note. But that's basically it for this episode. Uh, there's not much that's going to happen in here. It, it, it was interesting seeing Zizat uh, after seeing him in the flashback in the last episode. Uh, it was interesting seeing Zizat be a king. Um, he also at some point made a joke where he's like, no, I don't actually go by King Zizat because the title doesn't really suit me. So it makes me wonder if like the Dawn Warriors became kings just because they were Dawn Warriors. Uh, kind of like this, I, I don't know. It's an interesting idea with that where, you know, these, I guess, heroes that save the world get to automatically just have a kingdom. Or, on the other hand, maybe the Dawn Warriors were just a bunch of privileged kids that, <laughs> that were kings and had access to royalty and treasury. And I don't know. I don't know. Could be either of those, right? Uh, similar to, I guess, like our current party, we have Galef, who's a king. We have Lena and Ferris, who are, who are princesses. And we have Bartz, who's Bartz. Bartz, who's Bartz? That's who he is. Anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to this in the next episode. It's going to be the submarine episode. We're going to be going around in the submarine, but we're only two episodes away from hitting world three. So we're almost done with this world. We have two more episodes in this world and the story is moving forward. I'm still wondering what the climax of this whole um, story is going to be. I, it's not entirely clear yet. And I know that the world's World 3 is longer than World 1, which kind of worries me because I'm wondering what it is that we're going to... I guess I'm wondering what the reveals are, are going to be, and I'm wondering if I'm going to be disappointed that, let's say, you're gonna, they're going to go against some kind of promises that were made in World 1 and World 2 uh, that basically go unfulfilled, right? Uh, it, it's just... It really makes me... It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder where this the story is going. The, like I said, I think I said it in either this, in, in last episode, I think, where I said that, you know, Final Fantasy doesn't really, like, follow the Chekhov's gun principle, the the idea that whatever you introduce, you have to, like, resolve. Uh, they've introduced so much stuff and resolved, like, nothings. <laughs> nothings. They've resolved, like, nothing. Uh, I'm still wondering about the Ronkins. I'm still wondering about the background of World 1. I'm still wondering how World, if, if World 1 and World 2 had any kind of like interactions in the past. I'm wondering how the steward is doing um, leading Castle Tycoon. So, you know, kind of bringing that back around since it was the chancellor, the chancellor took over for King, for the Castle Tycoon. That means that Castle Tycoon is basically now forever going to be ruled by the chancellor because the royalty is never going to come back, right? Like both Ferris and Lena were the only descendants. They're on world two. Uh, King Tycoon was died, right? So it's just the Chancellor who's going to become the new king and is going to be leading this kingdom. Anyways, now now it's time to go. The interesting thing is that once you do bring down the barrier, it is not expected for you to go to X-Death's castle. Um, it is actually expected for you to do something else. So this is one of those things where it does feel like it's a little bit of a... Uh, you know, hey, we're trying to get to X-Death Castle and attacks X-Death, but hey, why don't you just go ahead and go to this other cave instead? And that's happened a few times, too, where it's like, we're under a serious threat. Um, okay, well, we're just going to go dungeoning in this other cave. 
Uh, it's kind of a funny Final Fantasy thing, I guess. But anyway, that's that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, on twitter.com slash yaffpodcast, Y-A-F-F podcast. Um, if things go well, it is possible that by the time you hear this episode, I'll have a t-shirt store. If things go as I expect them to, because I tend to not get around to things, um, there's no t-shirt store. So ignore this part. I'm not going to cut it out. I might. Ooh, I don't know. We'll just see. But yeah, see you next time.